BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Hello, I'm Ken Crowther and this is the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast on BBC Sounds. This week, Mick Lavelle is my special guest, taking your calls on everything from... Ooh, Christmas trees already, wisteria seeds and lavender. We've also got some top tips on things you can be getting on with in the garden, plus our plant of the week. We'll be going to your call soon, but Mick and I first started talking about the weather. Well, it's a dull old week it's been, isn't it? I was going to say, it's not an exciting <laughs> gardening week, is it? No, I mean, the, the problem is, of course, this time of the year, that there's, it's the time when you're waiting for winter to really commence because you can get on <laughs> with things then. So it's always a bit of a... Gardeners seem like a sort of a, a whinging bunch because we want the winter to come, you know, sort of thing. But and the, the winter can never give them exactly the right conditions we want. But it's like they're looking forward to something that everybody else is dreading, you know. But the, there are opportunities for us now. We just need, ironically, a bit more rain, really, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was talking, I was, you know, I was talking to Ray earlier, and mm. you know, down near him, where Burnham, which is okay, one of the driest parts of the world, and he said he he's been on his allotment, and he's sticky. That's mm. only the top surface. You dig down and you're, you're six inches down, it's dry still, it, isn't it? It depends along the soil you've got. If you're on, I mean, Essex has got a lot of clays and yeah. brick earths and they will get wet and even slime at the surface because the water doesn't move down very quickly in them. Um, but, yeah, as you say, certainly at the college, we, we've got um, you know, uh, brick earth soil there predominantly and we're digging into the ground and we find dust rising. It's incredible, you know? And yet it? it's a humid sort of moist environment at the surface, you know. So really can't tell. I'm going to start off with an email. Don't forget that number to call. It's 0800 111 That's 0800 111 And I'd like to know, I drove past a house the other day and uh, there was a Christmas tree in the window. Yep. Christmas tree in the window. Have you got your Christmas tree? And is it? I'm talking about real ones here. I'm not talking about this plastic stuff. No. People will argue that a plastic one's environmentally friendly against cutting trees down. No, it isn't. And we need to plant more trees, including Christmas trees. So if you've got a Christmas tree, a real one indoors, I want to know how you're going to look after it until the new year. Um, I would like to know. Um, yes, we got a text in just a moment, but let's go first to an email. And the email was uh, from, it's from Ian Thurgood. Now, Ian says, good morning from Tiptree. Hope you're well and enjoying life. That's very friendly, isn't it? <laughs> yes, we always enjoy life as gardeners. My mother-in-law has a hebe. Something strange has happened to it. About a quarter of it's died. And when I look closer at the dead branches, a sort of solid, fibrous growth is halfway up the stem. We've never seen anything like it. I wonder what it is. Now, the hebe is, uh, that's, I think it's Salicifolia, isn't it? It's that grey-looking one, yes, isn't it? Yes, yes, yeah. Um, it's quite a normal sort of hebe. I think it has white, or it could be albicans, has um, a white flower. Yeah, yeah. it's one of the small leaf hebe. small leaf Very one. common, yeah. Yeah. Now, also, um, good enough. Yes, well done to Ian, because he sent us a picture of the sort of fibrous growth. And it is. It's like a mass of root, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So, come on then, Mick. It is unusual. You don't see that every day on your shrubs, do you? No, no. I mean, what struck me about it most was looking at the um, the root ball itself. It struck me the root ball's dried out at some point, and it's it's partially wetted now. Um, it's been a challenging year for for plants, and the problem with a lot of shrubs, like hebes and things like that, is that we grow them in compost in pot, plastic pots. We leave the 
roots spiral around in there. They're all really happy because they've got nutrients. It's nice and rich for them. We put them into the ground, and the roots go out into the soil. And it's a bit like walking out in your vest and underpants on a cold day. You'd suddenly think, oh, no, no, thank you. I'll go back inside. And that's exactly what the roots are doing. They get to the soil, and they think, no, nah, I don't fancy this much. So they do a lot of rooting inside there. And... Um, and that it, one's it, quite an established one, though. Yes, isn't it? yeah, but even so, it's, it's the amazing. Same principle. Yeah, we lift um, plants sometimes that have been in the ground 15 years or so. And, the, and they've still the, got the root ball. Yeah, the root ball is still intact in the middle. And I think this has been part of the problem, is it's got very, very dry this year for it, and it's not really wetted again. Um, but it's it, it's hard to sort of tell, really. Sometimes if you get the actual plant itself and have a poke around, you can see things. But this has just been a challenge in it. And Hebe's actually. We think of them as long-lived. They're not, you know, five to eight years, really, is a, is a good length of time for them. Because even if you do keep them well-trimmed, they do tend to get um, a, a little bit sort of, uh, old quite quickly. I hope, that, <clears throat> hope that's helped you. And uh, I, I just, while I'm, on, while I'm on emails, ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk, just to remind that phone number is 0800 4041. I want to hear from the first person who has got a real Christmas tree planted in, not planted, put in their house. Come on, <laughs> 0800 111 and we'll tell you how to look after it. Well, will I'm, we? I want to hear from anyone who's planted a Christmas tree in the house. <laughs> <laughs> you would, mate. You would indeed. Now, we've got a, an email here as well from a few weeks ago, I found regarding two plants I'd grown from cuttings taken from my original plant that was some 20 years plus and in decline. These are fuchsias. Both cuttings flourish, branching out to approximately the same size, side by side on the patio wall, treated the same. However, one came into bloom back in the summer, as one would expect, and the other two have just got buds, similar size, but none of them opening. No complaints, but you and your guests were just bemused at me for the reason. Now, I don't know if there's any significance and whether we've got any feedback. Both plants are identical size, pots, seven inches in, as if we were bemused. Would we be amused? It does sometimes happen, though, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. there's nothing you can do about it. No, especially young plants. You know, I mean, the, um, a plant has to get to a particular age to flower. And so even though it produces buds in its first year, presumably it is a first year from a cutting, Yeah, we would really expect them to flower. I mean, the only thing that... It's, it's always a case-in-case case thing. But, I mean, the standard thing is, if you've got a plant which isn't flowering... Potassium. Make sure you get some, which is tomato food for is the best sort of thing to put on it. You can always encourage that. Make sure it's got enough light. Make sure it's well watered. It's not in too small a pot, but sometimes it'll just do better next year. Now, what's interesting on this one? He got them in pots of seven inches diameter, mm. and they both one flowered, one didn't. Yeah. So he thought, but we often suggest it doing a repot. Mm. So he did a repot, and the one that hadn't flowered suddenly started flowering. Yes, <laughs> there you go. It, it's usually a simple thing, you, isn't it? I yeah. tell you what, and I mean, it's it's a sort of message to other people, Mike Hansford, that is, and uh, you know, it is a message that one can never know exactly what is going on with plants. Don't forget that phone mm. number, as always, is oh eight hundred triple one forty forty one. That's triple one forty forty one. That's the number to call. 0800 111 You can't all be out shopping. It's, it's too early for Christmas shopping. And I tell you what, it's too early for Christmas tree shopping, really, unless you're leaving it outside. So Indeed. come on. Um. I want a Christmas tree question. 0800 111 
Give us a call now. That's the number to call. Uh, going back to text, which is 81333. Start your message with the word Essex. Just wondered if it's okay to divide my Agapanthers and would I trim them back? Agapanthers like being... It depends, actually. I, the implication is... I, it doesn't say who it's from, but the implication is that it's in the ground, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, if they're in the ground... Um the time to really divide them is well, what happens to Nagapanthus, it starts to die off in the middle. Okay. Yep. So you get this circular growth pattern on it, and then you lift. You have to lift it then and try and um, sort of just replant them into the, the space you want them. Um, Agapanthus in a pot, on the other hand, totally you, different. We treat them differently, don't we? You need to really leave them until they crack in the pot. In case of an old clay pot or something like that, you know, or if you're not a going at a terracotta pot, a plastic pot, till they're pushing at the sides because they will flower better in a pot when they're um, constrained. It's just a peculiarity about them. So my advice is always to so not to try and divide them in, uh, in a pot. Until but would the very you last divide minute. in the ground? In the ground, yeah, I think to tidy up, because herbaceous plants, which, which it is a herbaceous plant. I mean, I know it's got this reputation of being a bit tender. The... It a lot the, of them, they've got hardier varieties around well, now as well. They come from they, a Drakensberg as well. So what happens is that they, generally speaking, in the winter, they keep the leaves green above, um, you know, quite quite a sort of a, a long period. Uh, but then you get frost and it turns into mush. And people yeah. go, oh, no, it's been damaged. Well, you get frost in the Drakensberg as well. It gets quite <laughs> cold there. And um, so it will die down to the ground, but it'll come back again. It's only if you're trying to grow some of the more unusual species that are really generally not hardy. So if you've got something like headborne hybrids or big blue, one of the, the modern cultivars of, um, uh, of Agapanthus, you will find that they're, they're quite hardy. So you can just lift them and divide them like an herbaceous plant. So the rule is to go back to the dividing. Either you do them now, if you're on a light soil, if you're on a sandy soil, do them now. Divide them, put them back in the ground, let them uh, establish the winter. If you're on heavy ground, leave them until about um, late uh, February, early March. Yeah, thank you very much for that one, Mick. And Agapanthus are, ah, they're a super plant. Maureen, if I could give away prizes, I would give you a prize, but I haven't got any prizes to give away and I'm not allowed to anyway. Um, Maureen, come on, Christmas trees we're talking, aren't we? Well, I've got a Christmas tree in a three-foot pot on right. my patio that I've grown for 13 years from seed. Mm, well done. So you bring... You bring now, hang on. Is it 13 years? Do you trim it every year? Uh, no, I don't touch it. Is it lovely and green, or has it turned a yellowy green? No, it's lovely and green. And do you, what do you feed it with? I don't. I just give it a proper rainwater now and again. And it sits outside. Do you bring it indoors for Christmas or not? No. No, I bring it down to the front of the bungalow for two weeks at Christmas. Oh, right, so you have an outdoor Christmas tree all the time. No, but brings yes. it round yeah, the yeah, front yeah. for Christmas. That's a nice idea. Now, you say you got it from seed. Where would you get the seed from? Anywhere special? My daughter gave them to me for a Christmas present 13 <laughs> years ago. And is, um, it, is it the normal it type Christmas? Sorry? It came from Alton Park. Alton Park. And is it a yes. normal type Christmas tree? You know, is it... Um, yes. Yeah? Yes. It's just a normal one. Well, yes. I reckon you, you know, you, you're a star in St. Osis, Maureen, because you're the only person that has come back to me on Christmas trees. And let's face it, there's people out there now buying their Christmas trees all ready to put in their houses. It's cruel. No, it's no. Cru I think it's cruel, don't you? 
I yeah, I think, think if you got, go I'm frightened to bring it in in case I'll do it damage. Well, this is what I was going to say. If you've got one in a pot, you're actually better off keeping them outside if you want to keep that plant growing because it's it's hot and dry inside and it's just not what they need. The plants have got ready for the winter and you bring no, them into the right. warmth. And, and yeah. it's, about, it's about three foot high now. Mm-hmm. Maureen, you continue to enjoy your Christmas tree and thank you very much for being the first <laughs> person you. to ring about Christmas trees. <laughs> Come on, Christmas trees. Let's talk Christmas trees. Time now to take a look at the plant of the week, which is Irrigorin carvanenskianus. Yep, it's an interesting plant. With a name like that, you can guess it isn't a native of the UK, Colombia, Mexico, Central America and the West Coast, particularly of the United States. It likes, or it will tolerate, dry, mountainous conditions and it's a great perennial. Why is it great perennial? Because it spreads, it, call, it produces a sort of mound of plant, eight inches high, it's off woody rhizomes, but I tell you what, it has loads and loads of one centimetre flower heads, tooth daisies, a bit like actually a, be- a small bellis. That's what they're like. It's actually pretty good. It has a yellowy white disc and a pinky florette. So when you look at a bed of them or an edge of them, you get this sort of pinkiness. It looks really good absolutely super plant they'll grow in crevices you can put them in your paving where you've got holes in your paving you can put it in all sorts of areas that work really well indeed it will tolerate pretty rubbish soil it really will although it likes regular watering although if you listen to me i said it will tolerate mountains but i tell you what it grows really well if you water it well and give it a bit of food but just a little bit of food perhaps a liquid through the summer and you'll get it flowering really well flowers quite early in the summer you can cut it hard back and it will flower again right through to the autumn and when it finishes flowering in the autumn you cut it back again and off it goes in the spring Uh, you can divide it you can imagine with those rhizomes you can cut it up every three or four years it really is irrigorin, easy to grow. Also, if you want to confuse your friends, call it fleabane, but I know it as irrigorin. Daisy-like flower, very attractive, borders, crevices, rockeries. Go out and get some. Make your garden a bit brighter at this time of the year and early summer. Paula in Southminster has sent us a text, text 81333. I put Essex on the front and there, Paula's asking, she said, the chestnuts on my tree um, are all small and flat with three in each prickly brack. So mm. it's a sweet chestnut. Yeah. Um, is this just because it's been dry or because there's only one tree? No, it's not the one tree, is it? No, no. no. They I mean, produce fruit on their own. Yeah, they, they do, yeah. Uh, uh, it's, pro- it's for whatever reason, the um, sweet chestnut is actually pollinated rather than um, wind pollinated. It's not an, an emophilus, which means wind pollinated. It's actually insects that do. And um, I've noticed this year at the, um, the, the university that the, the tree there produced things. Uh, one, the one that we got on the main campus produced very erratic. It didn't produce much in the way of big seeds, but it did produce an awful lot of small flat ones. Now, for reasons unknown, on the other side of the campus, where the sports field is... <laughs> Don't tell me. There was an enormous ones. crop of seed. <laughs> 
you know, it was I've got a great bag full away of them, you know, to um, to roast in my leisure at home, and so it's it's not always clear why it is, you know, it's, you can't say oh it's the year this year because some have cropped, you know, exceptionally well. These were big, you know, almost like continental sized chestnuts that I was picking up off the ground, you know, and masses of them. You know, the squirrels were all just lying around with full bellies, you know, <laughs> languidly. They're giving up burying yeah, them as well, not, not doing a thing with them. <laughs> so it was an enormous harvest of them there. And yet, like I say, on the other side of the, uh, the mm. campus was one which um, just produced next to nothing. So. It, the, the small flat seeds are just aborted um, uh, j- um, embryos in there, so it doesn't produce all of the, um, the, the the food, the nut inside there. Because if the embryo hasn't been fertilised, what what's the seed for? So, but the, the, the uh, so you just get these spiky um, seed cases with nothing in them. Unfortunately, if you've if you've got that this year, it's just rotten luck, really, you know. But it's um, it's not something you've done. It's it's not particularly this year. I think it's just bad luck. Yeah, and it's interesting because we always we always look at well. I don't, because I'm sceptic, but uh, we look at, um, you've just talked about chestnuts, but mm. chestnuts, uh, holly berries, cotoneaster berries, all the different uh, berries that you might get. And we always say, oh, it's going to be a hard winter, <laughs> don't we? Yeah, it's, that's what we say, isn't it? That's true. Well, we say we. I mean, um, I must admit, I, one of the things I often talk to students at the university about, I say, and I, my line to them is to say, plants are prognosticators of nothing. That's right. They, are they com- can't read, yeah. can they? They are a complete record of what has happened up until that point. And that is because yeah. we've had a dry, it's more yeah. likely, dry summer, yeah. um, a rotten spring, yeah. and actually reproduction is more within the plant set up than mm. anything else, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, a plant which is in trouble will sometimes um, fruit or bury Flower very heavily. And fruit. Yeah. Because it's almost like it's, it's desperate to try and yeah. make sure it's got the next generation sorted out, so to speak. But they're not doing it because they think, oh, it's going to be a hard winter. I'd best feed all those birds. No, they're looking at back what's happened, isn't it? So it's a nice idea, and we all like it, and we all say it. But actually, all it means is that they had a very successful year in terms of their pollination and the right conditions at the right times to grow those fruits and seeds. And if a plant doesn't get that, at some point, it it won't produce the uh, the berries or the, uh, the, the seeds. I hope that helped, Paula. So no reason for it. Just... Just one of those things. Yeah. Wait for next year. <laughs> Let's go to David in Chelmsford. We're talking Christmas trees again, aren't we? Yes, we are. What would um, you like to tell I us? I was going to say is, can you tell me what I can do to stop rabbits gnawing the bottoms of the trees and also flowers around the, the churchyards? Right. What else have you got on there? I can well, hear... it's a, uh, well, ordinary flowers. No, I can hear lots of noise. Is it the radio on in the background or TV or something? It's the radio on your show. Oh, well, if you can turn it off, because if not, it it runs round in a loop. Yeah. Okay, I'll turn it off. Thank you very much. Um, Christmas trees eating by rabbits. There's really only you can put a little bit of guard on the base. Yeah, I mean, can't a, ra- you? a rabbit. Got a, you can make a little cage as well. You can use chicken wire, or you can use some of the uh, the sort of plastic netting uh, type things, just a, a staking around the. Um, they don't always look that attractive, but the rabbits are only really problematic during the um, the winter period when it comes to gnawing at bark. They'll, they'll tend to leave it alone in the summer because what rabbits want is grass. That's what they want to feed on. That's the principal food. And, yeah, um, but so, I'll tell you this as, as well, that um, the, the church people like uh, the uh, parish council don't like the wire around you uh, around. Well, put well, the they thing is, uh, get rather annoyed and take it all away. Well, I mean, 
they're going to have to do it if they want to stop the um, the rabbits from eating it. Or they exclude the rabbits from the whole site, which is more difficult because obviously people in and then out of the churchyard. Then you have to wire the yeah. whole churchyard. Yeah, and that would be less of a thing for. Um, yeah. You say rabbits, the, the, the principal things which affect things in the garden. Rabbits, sometimes hares can be a problem if you're in a, a sort of quite a rural setting. And mm, increasingly maybe, now, yeah. is, is yeah, muntjac, I was going to say, is, they're increasingly the, uh, a real problem. And they down quite low because they're low, they're not very high animal, No, are they? so they do similar things in many ways. And they are browsers rather than, they don't yep. they don't graze on grass, so they will go at things. I, I, certainly, I used to live right next to the Woburn estate many years ago, and there was a high concentration of muntjacs there, which, because that's where they were originally introduced. Yeah. And um, they used to really be a, a problematic in gardens there. So, I mean, yeah. uh, so c- we say rabbits, if it's browsing away at the lower branches, um, yep. if it's nibbling away at the bark, the only thing reason I'm saying could be muntjacs is um, rabbits tend to go for broadleaf things rather than conifers. I mean, they, they will go for, th- for a lot of them, but it tends to be um, more sort of like deer on, um, on browsing. David, oh, right. David, uh, David, hang on, just... hang on, hang on, David. There is one product that is supposed to, it will get washed off, it's totally organic, it is not chemical, mm. and that is called grazers, mm. grazers. Oh, right. Right. Try try grazers, it does work, mm. oh, okay? Right. The other thing is, it's, they've done a, a holly tree about eight, nine oh. foot high, and that's died this year because the bark's all gone from around it. So has it been? No, the thing is, has it been nibbled away and just the bark? Because that's rabbits. Rabbits all won't. the bark, yes. Yeah. Have if there, any of the branches have been bitten back at all, or is it just? It's just dead now. Yeah, just, but, but, but so, I mean, it, it sounds like that's rabbits. Was that done last winter? Was it? Uh, all this summer. Through the summer. Yeah, it's beautiful during the beginning of the summer, and now it's oh. dead. It could have died through drought as well. The combination yeah. of nibbled and drought could, yeah, be, could yeah. be the problem. Yeah. I think, David, try grazers. It does work, and um, we have lots of people who tell us it does, so mm. think about using that. Let's go to Gloria, who's also talking about Christmas trees, aren't you, Gloria? I am. Hello, Ken. Hi. What you got yeah, for us? Um, we bought a Christmas tree. We always buy real Christmas trees. And I've never been successful in growing them. But three years ago, uh, we were lucky enough to put it in the garden and it it, it had taken. And mm-hmm. uh, we just feed it on tomorite. And it's grown lovely, but I don't dig it up and bring it indoors. It's no, don't do that. Once no. you put it into the ground, it's in the ground. I always, I always think that if you want one that you're going to keep bringing indoors, you put it in a large pot mm. and then you have two of them and you bring them in every other year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you'd be better with a... a a nitrogen-based feed than the tomato food, really, wouldn't you? Yeah, this time of the year, you can put... If you've got trees and shrubs that you, you want to harden off for the winter, you can use up all your old tomato food rather yeah. have it lying around. That's not that's, that's great this time of year. But from around about um, mid-March onwards, it is going to need a bolt of nitrogen to get it to grow. Just out of interest, um, do you, um, ha- have you got it near the house? It's not near to the house, this Christmas tree, is it? Oh, it's not near the house. It's uh, in between... Uh uh, is it next to a link fence? Okay, and and do you know which type it is? Because is it a normal type? What we call a normal Christmas tree? Yeah, it's Arabis. Piscearabis, because um, they grow to about 140 feet. They will. Realize, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just it's just, it's just something I was writing how for. How do I stop it from? Get, do well, I, you can't. <laughs> chainsaw. Because, no, the trouble is, if you take the top out, it just grows another top, and then you get a twin leader. Yeah. You can do it and then cut one of those leaders back out, but mm. it ends up with a twist in the top. Yeah. How big is it now? I would say it's about 
four foot now. So it grows yeah. about nine inches to a foot a year, they will. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's lovely uh, and bushy and it's lovely and dark green. Yeah. It's but worth... On the ends of them, back in the summer, I thought I was going to get cones on them uh, because I had, like, Brown, yeah, it's like just that's just the resting, but they've just gone greener now. Yeah, it's just a resting, but the brown in the summer because it's um, it was very dry this summer. But Pisces yeah, Arabia yeah, is it's looking good, and uh, yeah, the other one I've got I bought that last year because I left it a bit later getting one, and it's a very fine needles, it's so prickly, but it's in a pot, and we've managed to save that as well. Mm-hmm. I think with your with your with Christmas trees, it's worth trimming them in about May June time, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Lightly with um, something like shears, go over yeah. them lightly, and then give them a good nitrogen feed, perhaps a liquid feed yeah. at that time, and you'll get really strong green growth out of them. Oh, lovely! So a nitrogen feed and yeah. uh, just cut it back at the, from the top if but, I want to. Well, you'll get an ugly shape. I yeah. Uh, the, the thing is, I'd let it grow for a bit more, if, wouldn't you? It will grow tall. That's the thing, and that's, that's why. That's what makes warning you. Because I, I wrote, I write for a magazine, Period Living. It's called, and I, I write a little article from every month. And I wrote about Christmas trees, and I was sort of wrote a bit of a jokey article about people planting them out in the gardens and I just gave the heights of these and the editor was horrified saying, really they grow this big the one thing you can do with Pisces Arabias is it won't grow that tall on the east coast it's just not wet enough for no. it all right okay uh, can I just ask you one small question go for it Gloria back in the summer I asked I rung I asked you about hibiscus I have and it's never ever flowered and you said feed it and it'll be good this year but no I think I've got to dig it up I think I've, it's about eight years old now, and all it is is a. Uh, all this, it is looks like the leaves come up, but no flowers. Never right, is this the blue hibiscus? Is this is the it? blue one? Yeah, is it the leafed hibiscus? Yeah, it should have been pretty mauve flowers. Yeah, yeah mauvey yeah. blue. Um, I think what we said is all that you can do for it. I wouldn't prune it, would you? They no, don't like no, I mean, pruning, they do they? They don't. They, they, they tend to be a bit slow growing as well. The, the, the thing we always get contact about hibiscus is they get covered in lichen because they're so slow growing. Yeah. Um, uh, eight years old, it should probably have flowered by now, I think. But it, it depends. Is it in plenty of sun? Plenty of sun, yeah. and again, it's the same side as the Christmas tree. It's in between the link fence. Yeah. I didn't know if it was Shall getting I... cold there. Shall I tell you something I've always done? Mm-hmm. Now, you might think I'm a bit of a, a, a Prince Charles here, but what I do is I talk to them, <laughs> I get my spade, right, and I go round, I come out about a foot to 18 inches and I dig down the full depth of my spade, uh-huh. threaten the plant, Feed it well in the spring and they come into flower. Give it a try this year. Don't chuck it out. Right, I'll do that then. You have to dig all the way round it, though. Yep. And it gives it a bit of a shock. (laughs) I'll try that, thank you, or I'll get my um, partner to do it. Okay, lovely. Thank you very much. You can do the talking. (laughs) Do do the advice. You like that idea. Well, it's shock treatment, isn't it? Yeah. Root root pruning. Uh, Pam in Romford, what you got for us, Pam? Uh, my daughter's given me like a bean pod from a wisteria. Oh, yes, yep. yep. Would I be able to grow the like beany things inside? Um, the, out answer, now? the answer is yes. Yeah, you, it? you can. They won't come true to the variety it's come from. You'll tend to get a smaller, slightly sort of browny flower. The actual wild wisteria isn't a particularly impressive flower. It's, it's living fragrant, actually. Yeah. But they're not all that impressive they're not impre- they're yeah. not as pretty and yeah, attractive yeah. but i mean if you want to do it for the fun of growing it which is fine the only thing is 
I see people do this all the time, you know, it's, I've grown an avocado, for instance. You know, oh, it's lovely. What are you going to do with it? I don't know. So now, if, you, if you haven't got a plan of what to do with it, it now, it's maybe... And the other thing about a seed grown with stearia, it can take up to 10 years to flower. Yeah. Oh, I give up then. <laughs> yeah. Do you know no, the, grow it for a bit of fun. Yeah, Come on, yeah. set it off and see but, where but they grow But they do grow very vigorously. The, the, um, the wild types yeah. are, are enormous. Right. So, this wasn't a wild one. No, 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 the, no but the, the parent was a cultivar. But oh, the, the cultivar won't come true from seed. It'll re, it'll reflect the parents that it came from. Yes. Give it a go. Right. Thank you very much. That's no a pleasure. Okay. Bye. I want to hear from Pam whether she grows it and what it's like. Yeah. And Mike, <laughs> we're talking about Manton Ash. Is that right, Mike? Yes, indeed, Ken. Yeah. Um, I've got one in the garden which I've had for oh, at least 20 plus years now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, there was an apple tree the other side of it in the neighbours who's taken it away, which made it reach for the sky. So as I'm talking now, I can see the top of it is about 25 feet off the ground, but it's gone in all directions. And when I've tried to prune it in the past, probably not at the right time of the year, I tend to get a bit of die back. So what I was mm. asking was, what is the best time? Because it really needs to be brought back into shape, so to speak. Yeah. Near, near enough now is a yeah, good time, yeah. isn't it? Mark? I think, right. I think so, yeah. The, the, most sorbers don't like a, a heavy prune anyway. No. And you say, you say you're out of 25 years? Yeah, something like that, it's yeah. halfway through its life, easily. All right. 50, a 50-year-old um, mountain ash is, is a veteran. Right. They're not very long-lived trees. But, I was I mean, interested to hear yeah. people about their Christmas tree, because I got one in a pot that we had about 10 years ago. It's still in the original pot, but inside a bigger pot, and it's down there growing quite happily. All right. <laughs> I, I tell you what, in the spring, give it a give it a give it a birthday and put it into a bigger pot and give a bit of John in his round it. Come on, be nice to it. Okay, okay. But anyway, back, back to the mountain ash. You do it now, wouldn't you, Mick? Yeah, but, I think so. Yeah, but yeah. you've got to be careful. They don't like heavy limbs cut off them, really. No, they don't. Yeah. No, uh, the, the dieback is um, is unfortunate. They're, they're susceptible to it with pruning, even at the right time of the year. I mean, uh, I, I've got wispy things going out about six, eight feet from the tree. Oh, you it's know, a wispy. Oh, but, but the, straw size if you're with me. Can I just say, for anyone pruning, if you're not sure, there's a, there's a golden rule is um, dead, dying, diseased. All that can come and crossing. off. crossing. Yeah, anything that's just crisscrossing, and then you can take off long, wispy, sort of, uh, you know, th things which don't look particularly good to try and get a shape to it. Once you've taken all that off, sometimes that's all you need to take off. Right. Okay? Um, and the last bit then, though, if you still think well, it's not quite, it's just to shape it up. And if you're not sure about the pruning, you can usually, on almost anything, unless it's something which is very, very susceptible to pruning damage, you can do that on most things. Right. So always stick with the Ds. All right. Dead, yep, thanks disease very much. First. Yeah, no That's problem. a pleasure. Thanks for your help. Back to your gardening questions in a moment, but right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, we've got some top tips on things you could be getting on with in the garden this week. Mick, what's your first one for us? Well, this time of the year, obviously, those um, either newly purchased or newly sharpened secateurs are ready for their first outing for a while, maybe in some cases, and it's not a bad time to start the winter pruning. What you really need to be doing now is things that need to be pruned in the spring. So things like buddleias that you cut back hard, um, they'll rock around a lot in the um, the winter and things like you know the little lavateras and things like that which really don't need to be pruned now cut them back by about half it will take all the remaining bits of um, leaf debris off them so they'll, they won't catch the wind as much and they'll be a lot better in the spring as a consequence but be careful because i remember advising someone with a white badlia yeah it's not they're not quite as um strong as the blues no, and the purples no. I said, oh, I always cut mine down before Christmas, you see, mm. hard, yeah. which I had done several years. But if you have a hard winter 
and that was a hard winter, they died. Yeah. So I, mean, I wasn't very popular with that lady. Well, there's, there's, no, there's no accounting for weather, is there really? But I think the thing is, well, another interesting thing with buddleias particularly is that you can prune them. Uh, if you've got four or five of them and you want to extend the flowering of them, you can prune them um, starting now. So you can do one in November, one in December, January, February, March. You know? So you've got one each month that you cut down. It will extend the flowering season out into later into the summer as a consequence. But not the white ones. No, What's no. your next tip for? Right. <laughs> so, the next one, um, garden birds. Don't we just love them this time of the year? And also to flock into the gardens because the gardens are a good source of food for them. Ideal thing now to start. If you've been feeding them already, increase the amount of food. Um, make sure you wash those feeders out every couple of weeks because they can get diseases. Salmonella and things like that do spread to birds. It's um, a problem for them. So clean the feeders regularly. And the other thing that's really important this time of year is to make sure there's a clean source of water for them regularly. So if you get a frosty morning, well, no more than frosty, a frozen morning, you know, a kettle out there and melt the ice just to make sure that they've it's got something they can drink. Yeah, they need to drink once a day. And we mustn't forget to plant more plants that have berries as well. Absolutely. The wild food, if you like, in terms of you know natural um, berries and things, like that, is always best. I mean, any feeding which you do is supplementary if, if you're uh, giving extra feed. So make sure that you get them uh, en- enough to eat this time. If you haven't got berry and shrubs, good time to plant them towards the end of the month. Thank you, Mick. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. This is BBC Essex. And we go, oh, we go across the water to Kent, don't we, Norman? Yeah, that's right, to Minster-on-Sea on the Irish Happy. Yeah, that, and now, of course, you're in fruit-growing country, aren't you, down there? Well, uh, yeah, there are some fruit on the Irish Happy, but uh, down further into Kent, yeah. It is, isn't it? Fruit and wine growing. Oh. <laughs> anyway, but with yourself, we're talking about Christmas trees again, aren't we, Norman? Yeah, that's right. We've got a Christmas tree. It's about four and a half feet tall. We've had it um, over a couple of years now. And the first year we had it, it's in a pot outside in the garden at the moment. The first year we had it, we bought it indoors. We made sure it was watered and looked after it. Didn't drop. And it put it outside and it's grown, um, you know, the fresh growth on the end of each um, branch. We haven't trimmed it, but it's in a 12-inch pot. Um, outside and it's growing nicely. Kept it watered during the summer. Um, I just wondered about um, uh, repotting it. When's the best time and what to use? And I haven't trimmed it at all. It's kept its shape. You're mm. going to keep it outside then, yeah? Well, yeah, it, it stays outside. We, um, yeah, no, what I mean is you're not going to bring it in for Christmas because that would well, be depend we on when we... about it, but mm. we did the first year and we kept it watered when it was inside. You know, yeah. we, we stood that pot in a, 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 a larger tub and kept water, kept okay. it uh, watered. Well, Mick, it really depends on whether you, when when... If you're taking it indoors, you wouldn't pot it now. But on no, the other hand, you no. could repot it now, couldn't you? It wouldn't hurt, would it? Or would you no, do it I mean, in the I th- spring? No, it, uh, I, I won't it, consider pottering it now, but I wondered what the best time of year to... Yeah. Other than yeah. Okay. I think that it's the same as if you're lifting um, uh, conifers and evergreens. Uh, you'd normally do it in the autumn and the spring. Okay, right. and, so and in effect, you're doing the same sort of thing. You, you're tr- you're hoping to encourage a whole lot of new root growth. Yeah, so that's right. So I mean, well, we could say it's late autumn now. I would say probably about February might be the best time for you to repot it. And right. pot it, and John, in, John in his number three. Yes, John in his number three, and usually old roots grow in uh, 
before it, I put it in. It and will ha- what size pot? What size is it in now, as you said? It's, it's in a 12-inch square 12 pot. 12-inch. You could go up to 15. 15, 16-inch maybe. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to go too... It's, it always seems like you, you think, oh, it's a bit of an economy to put it into a bigger pot. But it you isn't. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't put it into too big a pot because they, uh, they, they don't actually like it. They prefer to, uh, to move out slowly. Okay. So if I put it in a pot about cut just two inches bigger or something well, like fifth, that. Well, no, fifteen or six. Fifteen. I'd say or about 16. three to four inches uh, d- diameter bigger, and that should be here. Next, stay in that for a couple of years or so. All right. Right. Thanks very much. No problem. You have that, a brilliant program. Thank, Always listen to you. Thank you very much. That's Norman from across the water, as we say here. Ah, uh, now let's talk to Shirley Ann, uh, who's more local down in Chelmsford, aren't you, Shirley? Well, very local, a couple of blocks down from yourselves, in fact. <laughs> you could have come and knocked on the door. <laughs> what can we do for you? You, would, you wouldn't let me in. Oh. <laughs> OK, well, I've got um, a lanterna. I'm planning to repot it into a slightly bigger pot this morning, and I'm wondering if that will survive outside no. for the winter. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I'll make you a nice simple answer there. Sorry. No. It, it, well, they're, not, they're Mediterranean, aren't they? Well, they're, they're, they're actually um, they they're, 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 they're from, almost subtropical. I was yeah. going to say, that's yeah. where they originate from, but they're used in the Mediterranean a lot. They are, they? yeah. Um, mm. it, it's a bit of a funny one with Lantana because I see it grown here. Uh, I spent a number of uh, sort of months, years of my life abroad sort of thing, going looking at uh, plants or elsewhere. And certainly in Australia, it's, it's a noxious weed in um, cattle rangeland. So... Um, it's one of these peculiarities that you're looking at. It's almost like someone's grown a dandelion in another country or something. Um, we use them ornamentally, and they're fine. You, what you need to do is not put it, like we're talking to the man with the Christmas tree, just don't, don't put it, it into too big a pot. Or would you repot it? Mm-hmm. See, I wouldn't repot it this time of year. Not this time of the year, probably not, no. Because okay. what you, you want to keep it in a conservatory or or similar for the uh, Have winter. you got anywhere like that, Shirley? Oh, along with my 2,000 geraniums that my husband said he's going to kill me for having. Oh, yes. well, just add it to those, but don't, yeah. I wouldn't repot it at all yeah. at this time of year. Do it but, in the spring. Yeah. What I would do okay. is I'd reduce the watering yeah. this time of the year. You can dry them right down, can't you? More or less, I w- I w- if you might feel a bit like a geranium. risk. A yeah. like a geranium? Absolutely, because the geraniums, you'll be resting them now. And what you'll find is it'll start to drop a bit of leaf. And then around about February time, before you start getting it back into growth again, Give it a good prune and, and try and get a really good pattern of growth on it, you know, an okay. even distribution of the branches around it. And then when it comes into growth, it'll have more side shoots. It will then consequentially have more flower. And as it starts to grow, cut off any really long rangey growths and try and keep a compact habit to it because they do tend to have this sort of scrambling habit, unfortunately. Uh, which mm. is the flowers are still nice, but it's not really a, a, a really nice sort of pattern of growth ornamentally. And you need to do that early in the year. So I would say really right. sort of a, and give it quite a, a strong haircut, you know, reduce it to about a third of the, uh, the size on the on the strongest growths, and it will come back. Okay. 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 Well, I've got an oleander as well. Yep. What do you think I should do with that? Well, you don't they, prune that back. No, don't prune those. They may survive outside. Mine survived outside mm-hmm. last year in Colchester, and it got to minus eight last year. So but I'm you could the, wrap it with a bit of um, yeah, horticultural yeah. fleece yeah. when it yeah. gets cold, but yeah. only when it gets cold. But it depends on the situation you're in, really. If it's nice and sheltered, you... you um, Yours you, is a shelter garden, it isn't is, it? It yeah. is, So you, just, yeah, you don't have to tie the fleece around. Just, just chuck a bit over there, and just it stops mm-hmm. any radiation frost or the worst of it. But they're, they're much hardier than people think. Okay. Okay. Yep. Thanks very much indeed. Okay, Shirley. We look forward to hearing how all those plants get on. And just a reminder that if you haven't already, BBC Sounds, the new app that BBC has, uh, you can find the 
the podcast of this program, which has extra tips on what you should be doing in the garden, plus plant of the week. All that is available on the BBC Sounds app. Pop it on your phone and you can take it wherever you go. It's a really useful one. And if you can't find me under gardening at the moment, you'll find me under Ken Crowther. It's as simple as that. Let's go back to the phones and we will be talking to a Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Jeff, you've got, you've got your radio on. Can you turn it off, please? I'm just going to turn it off. That was my first question. That is off. Right. I want to create a lavender bed. Right. Uh, I've got a border four foot wide between my lawn and a concrete path. Yep. Not in full sun, but it does get the morning sun and the evening sun. I've got lots of plants in four-inch pots which I've grown from seed. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, because I didn't germinate in the first year, I chucked the seed packet away, so I don't know what variety. What I want to know is um, how far apart and... Um, when to plant. I'm going to throw one in here because it depends on the variety. Did you like that, Jeff? It depends <laughs> on the variety. Well, it yeah. could be dwarf munstead. Usually yeah, it's dwarf munstead. I, I should think they, oh, they look a bit on the dwarf side. Yeah, well, I mean, the seedlings themselves, they, they grow pretty well, but they don't grow that big in the first year. I mean, it's nice. They, well, lavender is, is quite easy to grow from seed. I wouldn't plant them now, though. Uh, no, I no. would wait. I'd keep them right. in a, a cold greenhouse or a sheltered spot outside. Yeah. Because uh, they're hardy, but they, they, they won't want to go into the ground just now. Oh, I'd plant them about late February, good. early March. That saves me one job. Yeah. Now, okay, how yeah. far apart? You're trying to mass it so that it all grows as one big yes. mass. Yeah. And the border's how wide, did you say? Four foot. Four foot wide. Well, you need a st- <sighs> staggered row about no, stag- a yeah. foot apart. Yeah, I'd yeah, say that's sort of 12, 12 to 18 inches, depending on the variety. If it's, if it's a big one, one of the big sort of um, billowing... But, but he doesn't know. But yeah, yeah. That, Go that for would, 12. 12 inches will be enough. Yeah, yeah. Percy, Percy Thrower says one to two foot, but I think... I don't want to well, be 12, well one, one foot is 12 yeah, inches. Yeah, one foot is 12 <laughs> inches. <laughs> there we go, you see. Yeah, all right. Okay. Percy, Percy... Well, just one other thing. Yes, Jeff. Or were you going to say something else about... No, I was only going to say Percy was often right. yeah. I've yeah, still got he, one of his books. I go back to it from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. Yes. Um, talking about wisteria. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a massive wisteria. It covers my garage. And one of the long uh, leaders had been in the gutter, covered with leaves and wet, and it has got roots on it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that will be the same as the parent... good? Yes, that will be the same I, as the parent plant. It up, yeah. I potted it on. Yeah. Yep. In segments. Yeah. What, um, what it's done is, you know, one of the ways to propagate wisteria, we do something called serpentine layering, which means that we keep putting it in almost like a Loch Ness Monster sort of thing in the ground, oh, bury well, sections yeah. of it, and then mm. ahead of each section, so the section furthest away from the plant, we cut that um, short right down to the ground, and then we dig it up and um, sort of we can have an individual yeah. plant, yeah. and that will be right. identical to the parent. So if you yeah. want another one, if you've got space for another one, or <laughs> no, you know somebody that. else who's got space for another one, you can actually um, get yeah. you know, give those away and um, let them have them or, or oh, sell right. them yeah. if you like. Yeah, yeah. This was this was in the gut. There may be yeah. well be some more in there. Uh, but yeah, yeah, well, you want to get that out because it is a bit of a nuisance. Wisteria, yeah. wisteria is is like so many things in the garden. It's a fine servant. Right. Yes. But a poor master. <laughs> yeah. It's rooted at every node. Yeah, so it will do. Yeah. It will. I've got four <clears throat> plants off of one. 
Yeah, yeah. But, they, but they'll all grow into the same sort of size of, um, of plant as the previous one. Jeff, well, Jeff, yeah. what you could do is we could go back to that other caller that's trying to grow one from seed and you could yes. offer her one, couldn't you? Yes. <laughs> well, if, if you, I'm in the phone book. <laughs> OK, Jeff. Uh, no, I'm then... Rayleigh Horticultural Society. That's probably the, the safest way to get hold of me. We'll get, so, her, to, we'll get her to come in and see yeah, you. Yeah. So go to Jeff at Rayleigh Horticultural <laughs> yeah. Society and ask him for one of those lovely wisterias. Yeah. Is it, what what colour was it? £5 each. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, Jeff. What a man, man after my own spirit there. Thank you very much, Jeff. We'll be back to your calls, texts and emails shortly, but let's take a final look at the top tips Mick has for us this week. Right, well, this month is a, a good time to start taking hardwood cuttings right towards mm-hmm. the end of the month. They're very easy. You all need something which is around about six to nine inches uh, long in terms of a, a branch, not too many side branches on it, so new growth this year. And uh, you cut it straight at the bottom, put an angle at the top, so you know which, which end is which. <laughs> which it sounds way? ridiculous, but they can look the same once you've taken them all off. And you can just put those, you can line them straight out into the ground, or you can put them into a nice deep part of gritty compost, and they stay in that position for the next nine to ten months. In fact, you can just put a spade in, can't you? Open yeah, the trench yeah. and then put a bit of gritty sand, sharp yeah. sand in, and then push them Absolutely, in. Absolutely, yeah. And um, very easy, things like currants, I'm obviously thinking that willow take very easily, but currants and gooseberries and things that can all be done by hardwood cuttings mm. this time of the year. There's a number of things, the list is quite long, but if you do them now, you just it's great, you can ignore them, they'll do their thing. And then you lift them next autumn and uh, plant them somewhere else or, or just pop them up, whatever you're going to do with them. you know. But, I mean, they, they are ever so easy to take. And if you're not sure, most gardening books will show you how to do it. But the, the thing is, it's now is a good time to do it. And it's simple and easy. It really is, yeah. What's your second one then to the Well, this after moment? this then, yeah, I mean, uh, talking about the autumn, all the leaves falling off. They are. are aware of that, yeah. Pick them up, make a leaf mold pit. The leaf mold pit's nice and easy. Four stakes in the ground with some chicken wire around the outside of it. It needs to be a minimum of about a metre by a metre, so a cubic yard is the minimum you do with them. Fill it up with leaves so it's almost overflowing and let that rot down for a year or maybe even two years. If you haven't got space to put that but you've got some old uh, compost bags, fill them up with leaves, put a load of holes in the bags, tie them at the top, put them in a nice shady corner, you can stack them up. Again, a year later you'll have some lovely leaf, leaf mould. Thanks, Mick. Babs from Hornchurch. Sorry to have kept you waiting, Babs. That's all right. And uh, you're talking about Philadelphia, is that right? Philadelphia is the little white love. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, yes. And what would you like um, to know? I just had some delivered. They are fully hardy. Would I be able to put them outside now? Yeah, they're, I mean, what, um, they, they just had not delivered. Where have we got them now? I've got in them a, sitting on the kitchen table at the moment. Right, so they, they've just come today, have they? Are they bare-rooted? Yeah. Are they bare-rooted or are they... I can tell you at the moment. I haven't undone the box. Oh, OK. All right. If they're, if they're bare-root... Uh, which means that they may have a bit of compost around them, but basically not in a pot, basically. They need to go on the ground as soon as possible. They should be in little pots. Uh, if, they're, if they're in pots, they um, get them outside, pot. and you can plant I mean, you can plant them today. There's no problem with planting them today. Yeah. But make sure you, um, you keep them outside. Don't keep them inside, because it just gets no, a little bit too... Um, yeah, it just gets a little bit too warm for them, and yeah. that, that can cause them a problem, because they need to be kept cold. They need to sort yeah. of really be ready for the winter. Yeah. And so um, get get them out into the uh, the garden and plant them today, tomorrow, next weekend. It's all fine. People often okay. people often worry... Also, I have a Christmas tree. I didn't quite catch what you said you fed it with. Anything with nitrogen in, yeah. but not until spring. Yeah. Not until spring. If you've got a bit of old tomato fertile... If you've got about any old tomato food left or something like that this time I of the year, you can throw that. Well, use that use some now. of that for normal concentration. That's okay. fine. And yeah. I have another plant. It's a prickly. It's prickly leaves, 
but the flowers are like little balls and they're like yellow, like a yellow sort Mahonia. of like hand going over. Mahonia? Uh, One of the Mahonias. Or... called. I've just gone out to have a look, but I've not got the ticket this, there on it. Is it flowering it's now? Away. Flowering now? It's flowering now, yes. It's Burpress in the garden. or Mahonia, isn't Sounds it? Sounds like, yeah, maybe Mahonia, yeah. But, but are they big prickly leaves? Prickly leaves, yeah. Are they, are they big or...? They're big leaves, prickly, yeah. yeah. it sounds like a Mahonia. Charity, and, and the, like Yeah, that. and the, the flowers, yellow flowers on long stalks. Yes, that's right, yeah. yeah. it's Mahonia Charity or um, yeah. Meat Cross Media, something like right, that, yeah. Would I be able to dig that up and put it somewhere else? How old is it? Oh, it's quite old. I don't know how long we've had it. It's, it is quite old. Ten yeah. years? Might be, yeah. Yeah. No. I wouldn't risk it. Yeah. It, you it's wouldn't risk it. The size of a root ball you need to take up, you need a crane to move it. <laughs> Oh, will I? Yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't got a crane. No, no well, exactly. Mo- most gardens haven't, I've got to admit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, all right. Thanks very much. Okay. That's a pleasure. Thanks. And we go to Jackie in Hornchurch, as promised. Hello, Jackie. We're talking Christmas trees, aren't we, Jackie? Oh, good morning, yes. Good morning, gents. Hmm. I've got two Christmas trees that I want to get rid of. And because I'm not on the computers or anything, I wonder how on earth I'm... Could possibly dig them up. Right. Um, now, hang one on. Is, you're tr- one is. One you're is. Tr- one, sorry. Are you trying to get rid of them, dig them out? Yes. Mm. Right. Are they um, good looking Christmas trees that someone could benefit from? Yes, because if I. One of them is. I've just been out in the garden. I'm five foot. If I extend my arm as far as I can. One is as tall as the end of my arm, mm. so it's about six foot. About six, seven it's foot. It's not yeah. quite as wide as the the other one. The other one is very wide and five foot. Well, if you just want rid of them, you c- <laughs> how about this? You could just put a sign in your front garden saying, um, free Christmas trees to take away to uh, for anyone that needs them. Saw provided, <laughs> apply within because <laughs> if you cut them down at ground level, they won't, they won't grow back. Grow. They won't grow again. Yeah. So and then, and then obviously, then you may need to dig out the root at some point. But you or you may just plant something around it and just you know sort of well, let that rot away over time. So I think I don't think I can cope with the. Having to chop them down. No, no, no you, that's what I mean. No, no, you just, you just sort no. of. Um, I mean, if you haven't got a saw, say must have own saw. <laughs> just, just get someone else to come and take them away. It's a free Christmas tree for someone, isn't it? Because you just want rid of them. Because to try, and, if you're talking about a seven foot Christmas tree in the ground, that's, digging that's worth that up, a few quid. yeah, digging that up would be um, a real problem. But cutting yeah. it down right down at the ground, you know, and the, as long as they cut it close to the ground and they agree to do that, they've got themselves a Christmas tree. A seven-foot okay. Christmas tree would set you back about £70 in a garden centre. How about that, Jackie? Right, OK, thanks, gents. I'll and if, it, and if any, <laughs> and anybody rings, we will not pass on your number, but we could call you back and let you know. How about that? Right. If okay. anybody rings I'm, in and asks us. Right, but I'm in Ardley Green, actually. OK, you're in Ardley Green, that's yes. fine. OK. Right. Yep. Thank you very much. That's Jen. a pleasure. And we now go to Les in Shenfield. No, Les in Shenfield talking wallflowers, aren't you, Les? Yes, I am. <laughs> um, I sent away for some plants. Yep. They're, they're mail order. Um, I've got them around these little fibre pots, and I suppose they're about uh, between two and three inches high. Uh, could I plant them out now? 
Um, yeah, outside. Yeah, they need to go outside now. They've got wallflowers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought because they look rather small that. Um... Ah well, if, if the pot grown, the 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 old field grown ones, um, which I used to get from up in the uh, the fens more, I used to go up to Lincolnshire. I used to go buy bunches of these things, and um, they used to come in bare root, and uh, some of those used to be quite small as well. Um, it's probably just getting towards the end of the stage where you'd really want to be planting them out. So you want to get them out this weekend, ideally. Uh, but yeah, it's perfect time to put them out. All oh, right, thank yeah, so, you. So don't worry if we look a bit wanted. frail. Where, where, sorry, I, I missed it. Where have you been keeping them? Have we been inside or? Oh, well, I've sort of kept them inside and, and then I put them out if the weather looks fine. Right, well, you, you need to be out all the time. The, 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 the stone hardy, so you, don't, don't bring them in and take them out or anything like that. Get them outside, harden them off. You know, It's going to be a little bit milder over this week, so I mean, it's a good time to plant them out. Get them out today or tomorrow if you can. Right. Okay, but don't, don't be. Thanks indeed. Yeah, That's but don't, right. don't worry about them being babies. They're hardy little babies. Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, thanks. That's all right. That's a pleasure, and that is it. Les from Shenfield. We'll, we can squeeze you in. Oh eight hundred triple one forty forty one. If you have a question, and we had um, uh, Ian Thurgood. Ian Thurgood uh, talked about the Hebe. Remember maybe a foot from the ground in open air each branch that has one of these growths has died back yes we talked about that mm. and we said that it's literally it's just dry damage and it does happen occasionally um we have a peace lily my peace lily this is on uh, email ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk if you wanted that free uh, christmas tree as well you could let me know on email as well um four years old peace lily in really good health Sitting on my cooker, is gentle pruning possible? And that's Mike in Colchester. Peace Lily, no. They like, no. they're another one, likes congested. congested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they like to be in a, um, a nice sort of like relatively humid environment. This time of the year, you just slow down the watering on them when it gets a bit darker and then just bring them back into the repot only when it's really pushing the side of the pot out. Yeah, literally. If you're in a plastic pot, when it's starting to go into an oval shape because it's been pushed out on one side, that's the time because we grow a long rhizome, so they will push out on one side. We have a text here. When I buy pot plants, this is planting outside, I often tease the roots out. Listening to your programme, re-root balls, is this wrong? I, I know why she's picked up on this because yeah. what we said was that when you dig stuff up mm. that's been there 10 years, we can still see yeah. the root ball of the thing but teasing the roots out helps but, yeah, only, yeah. but you've got to prepare the ground round it. I would say it's better off to, um, to, to dig the ground thoroughly and make sure that there's organic matter not just in the planting pit but all around. Plant it into that and give it a good mulching on the surface. And then dig the mulch in even yeah, a yeah, little and, bit. And, and that's really what um, will help it to grow if you just have the, um, the, 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 the roots the, the roots going into just bare soil, if you like, you know, they, they like the compost better. It's got more nutrients. It's a friendlier environment for them. That's all we're saying. OK, we have uh, Jan in Billericay. And Jan in Billericay uh, says that she planted a Christmas tree in their property 30 years ago. It's now 35 foot high. Yeah. Be warned. <laughs> they do uh, grow tall. <laughs> and again, um, another one here with a lovely picture of it as well. 20 years ago, bought one for 99p in a tiny pot. It has always been in the garden, one, uh, watered and fed on the odd occasion. Now looking a little bit tired, but still grows a little each year. Uh, great show, and that regards Sandra in Tiptree. You see, you can do them. Um, a bit late program but would you tell people about the water to water the christmas trees indoors um 
in their homes as mm. they dry out well and truly. So yes, they yeah. do. Even cook Christmas trees. Even cut water. Christmas yeah. trees. Yeah. A quick reminder as well before we finish. Don't forget Bowers Giffen, the National Garden uh, Garden people. Um, this gentleman, 14 Una Road. He's first of December, which is next week, 4:30 to late. If all in aid of charity, he's got a winter one blend SS132HU. We said we'd say it again. And uh, Mick, thank you for coming in. I think we're catching up with you next week as well, aren't we? Well, I'm, I'm like a bad penny. I keep turning up. Yeah, so I'll see you next week. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. If you've missed any of the answers to the questions we gave, you can download this programme and take it with you on the BBC Sounds app. Don't forget, if you have a gardening question for us, why not give us a call on 0800 4041 and be part of the programme. Yes, every Saturday morning on BBC Essex from 11. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts.